All right, man. How you doing? <laughs> hey, you guys. <laughs> I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, it's been a while since we talked. When the last time you were on the podcast, like I had mentioned, you were episode six, and I felt at that time um, I was still learning a lot about podcasting and learning like where I'm at in the space. Yeah. And uh, kind of getting comfortable, but now I feel good. I feel I feel like uh, I'm in a much better space. I don't feel as intimidated talking to you <laughs> as I did <laughs> before. I learned a lot though from the previous episode. Um, uh-huh. One of the one of the things you told me to uh, in the, in that episode is to lean into um, being nervous, or like uh-huh. I was I felt I felt like I was nervous in that episode. I think I mentioned that, and you're like, oh, that's good. You should be nervous. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's actually something I've been thinking about. Like I said, I was um, kind of going over what I'm going to talk about at this event that I'm doing. And that's such a big thing, like embracing fear, embracing pain, embracing difficulty, embracing doubts and disbeliefs. Like we often feel that those aren't supposed to be there. We're not like, we're not supposed to feel this way. And the people that do things that we're trying to do don't feel this way where where usually it's it's quite the opposite in my experience you know i'm i'm a strange person that has a weird uh relationship with fear and stuff and i don't know maybe we're just kind of friends so um but you know the majority of the fighters i ever met the highest of the highest level that were just more nervous than you would ever imagine i could imagine it's 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 something you have to face like if you're not feeling some kind of nerves and you're probably not doing anything significant (laughs) i mean if you are you got to be nervous yeah you're either nervous about performance you know wanting to do your best Uh, of course there's nerves about you know when it comes to fighting and any other physical thing you know pain and death and damage and that kind of stuff so like there's all there's all kinds of reasons to be nervous and and there's a whole spectrum of that too where it comes to feeling where it comes to physicality of like shutting down completely you know your legs going out and uh yeah it's it's really just a matter of the people that can deal with it and and, and use it use it to their benefit and, but as i said before far too often i feel like we're trying to avoid it or make it like it's not supposed to be that way well, I think for me, it was when you agreed to do the podcast before, I'm like, wow, Kevin Ross agreed to do my podcast. He was just previously on Joe Rogan. And <laughs> it's so like when you agreed to do it, I'm like, wow, this big name figure is willing to do my podcast. And then I started freaking out. And it's like, it's almost like this imposter syndrome where I'm like, I don't know if I can perform, like, let's say yeah. as good as like Rogan or something when he's talking to you. Um, but then, you know, you have to quickly kind of put yourself back in, into your place. Like, okay, I'm not, I'm not a Rogan, um, but I can, I can make the best of my position and where I'm at at this point in time. Yeah, for certain. And I mean, we're all just people like we, we tend to view people in the spotlight as, as if there's something different than, than we are like, they have done more, but they're just people and they, they have the same they have the same doubts and fears that, that we all do. You know, I've never, I never viewed myself as any different than anyone else in that, that imposter syndrome you're talking about. I've, I've always had that. Like, I don't feel any different than you or anybody else. I, I, of course I've done, done more, 
you know, and maybe accomplish more in a certain field, but I don't think, I don't have a different perspective of myself as if I'm this person that someone else would view me as. And it's, and it's really always been that way. It's never gone away. Um, I've just learned to kind of embrace it. Whereas before it would kind of freaked me out. Like I didn't really understand it. I still don't really understand it to a degree. And it's more just like, that's the way it is. And what are you going to, what do you do with it? Do you think you have that perspective because you were a fighter and you literally, literally had to put everything uh, aside whenever you walked into a cage and it's either you let you let yourself be consumed by those feelings and those emotions, or you, you just focus on it and, and uh, don't let those things consume you. Yeah. You obviously have to deal with it on a more extreme basis than a lot of people do. You know, you're, you are in, in front of people performing and there's the, the physical aspect of that kind of damage and risk. And um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, I think, I think the one really great thing about fighting is it exposes you to who people really are. You can't, you can't pretend when you're in there. You can pretend a lot on the outside and obviously <laughs> a lot of people do you know, they find ways around it. But when it, when you're in there, all that gets stripped away. There, there's no, you're going to see who's a coward and you're going to see who's strong. You're going to see who's willing to go uh, through the fire, you know, and not, not necessarily always every fight, but uh, over time and, you know, any, anyone can go in there and fight and, and look good uh, once in a while. Yeah. You know, you, it really does, uh, show you who people are and even just the training aspect of it that's such a great thing because we strip away all these external things that separate us like like uh, race and money and religion and all this stuff and we're all just people trying to do the same thing like we're just we're just trying to be better at this art and you don't even think about who's who this person is on the outside because none of that matters anymore like it, it all gets stripped away as soon as you walk through the door um, and that's a really great thing about martial arts and just that, that mentality you have as a martial artist, I would say, you know, those, you know, obviously there's, there's people who are just fighters and, um, but I've always felt like a real martial artist and fighting is something that I expressed and did, but really, I mean, martial arts is a, a lifestyle. Um, I've, I've interviewed a couple of fighters since we previously talked. Uh, one of them was Michael Gilmore. He's from, he's, he's in the UFC, but he's from the Lansing area where I live. And um, one thing I, I realized by talking to him and then talking to some other people who aren't necessarily fighters is that like, he's a lot more chill and relaxed and just like, he has like this, almost this like, um, like, I don't know, self-respect for himself. Like you, you could just see the way he carries himself. He's so much more calm than a lot of other people. Is that something you you kind of experience also? Yeah, I, I've always been a calm, overly calm person, but it, it certainly is something that training and fighting uh, brings out in people because you do have to face so many of these issues that we all face in everyday life, but in a more extreme environment, in a more forced way, in, in a way that is like every day you have to deal with this, you have to deal with this fear, you have to deal with this pain, you have to deal with these doubts, you have to deal with this whole spectrum of things that 
that that a lot of us will inevitably have to face, but you're, you're doing it so regularly that it just becomes normal and you're confronted with um, violence and aggression. And yeah, even though it's, it's uh, contained uh, in, in a safer environment, you're still, you're still playing around in those fields where most people never ever do. And then once they're, they face it, they usually just completely shut down. You know, it's like the, the, the guy that thinks he's gonna go out there and like beat somebody up, but who's never been in a fight before. Like most people's perception of how they'll react in in those situations is so so out of whack, you know. Just it's just completely skewed. And just being able to stay calm in 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 a, in a position where most people would shut down. I mean, the the ability to do that gives you so much more of a perspective of of what's going on around you. You're not so reactive to the situation. Um, and I find that that's one of the bigger issues that we face is we're so reactive to things. We're so reactive to what we're shown on the television, what we hear, uh, what we see, where a person that confronts that regularly, they can kind of take a step back, um, you know, and have, have uh, put things into context and perspective. And like, you can see things for what they are, not, not for what they feel in the moment or what they, they seem to be. Um, this episode is brought to you by Red Bike Delivery. This delivery service operates only using battery-powered, eco-friendly transportation. Red Bike Delivery is there for all your delivery needs, whether it's dinner for the family, flowers for your partner, or new houseplants for your new collection. Red Bike Delivery will gladly deliver those and everything in between. So what are you waiting for? Check out Red Bike Delivery on Facebook or Instagram for more information. Red Bike Delivery, because there's only one earth. Find that it's it's a lot harder to um, manipulate people like that because they're not so emotionally reactive to a situation. You know, it, it, and it doesn't even mean that that emotion that you have is wrong, but you have a, it gives you time to figure that out and know that this might just be a natural reaction to this situation. Like I might be freaking out and panicking, but do I really need to freak out and panic? Can I make this better? Can I make it worse? Um, and by, by doing martial arts, or I would say really anything that's difficult, you know, anything you pursue in life that's difficult and you're doing this daily, a lot of those things you confront and a lot of those lessons you learn. Um, and and uh, the, the thing is you, you forget that most people don't do that. So when you're used to being around people that train all the time, people that fight, you know, that, that becomes normal to you. Um, and then you, but then once you're out in like the real world, you, you kind of get freaked out. Like why, like, why is everyone so panicky about this? And why is everyone so like extreme about this situation? You know, don't, don't you see it for what it is? Not, not just what they're telling you. And it's, uh, yeah, I think that's actually getting worse um, as we progress, progress in quotes there, because, you know, the more we become, addicted and reliant on technology the less human element is in there and um, you know we're, we're slowly becoming uh, locking ourselves into these boxes and we're we're losing so much i think one of the biggest things 
one of the most important things to remember is like everything comes with a cost, you know, just because something's presented to you as this really great thing, this free thing, this healthy thing, whatever the case may be, you're giving up something. And with all of our progression and all of our technology, which is great, how many things are we losing in that process? You know, and, it, and it's, if you understand what you're giving up, then that's okay. But the problem is that we, that we, that we don't. We're so no. focused, we're so fixated on the, the really great benefit of whatever, whatever that is. We're not paying attention to what we're giving up. And eventually you might need that thing you're giving up, that ability that you're giving up, that strength that you're giving up, uh, even if it doesn't seem that way. You know, like with a lot of things, like how many people these days can even jumpstart a car or <laughs> change the oil or, you know, make their food by themselves. We're, we're, we're losing our self-reliance and all under the guise of, of progress and safety. And, and that's, that's all great. But when you aren't taking into account what you're giving up, what you're losing, uh, eventually that's going to come smacking you in the face. And then you're in a position to where you don't have a choice anymore. You know, like with, with, you know, just look at with the, the supply chain and the food and everything, because none of us grow our own food anymore. None of us are self-reliant. We're so reliant on these external forces that might not have our best interests in mind or, you know, something happens and then you're, you're reliant on them and you're totally, you're totally screwed. And that, well, that can be, what's that? Oh, I understand that firsthand. I work at General Motors and, um, one of the things that we're experiencing right now is part shortages and we have been since COVID. And part of the problem with that is, is that we're so reliant on like China and Taiwan and all these other countries that are overseas. Now we can't get like chips and uh, I think wheel liners, like some of the most random parts that you would never think would be short, we'd be short on for short on. And so actually right now we're laid off and we were supposed to go back this week to work and they canceled it because of parts. And then who knows about next week? It's like, it's, it's this ongoing thing. And supposedly it's gonna happen, you know, from, from here on out for the next year, two years, who knows? Forever. <laughs> Forever. But yeah, because it's because our lack, it's because our lack of ahead. ability to build parts here in the United States. Like we've, we've outsourced it to all these countries and it's the same thing for, um, for food and agriculture yeah. and all that stuff too. Well, we, we've, We've gotten so used to outsourcing everything, not just that, but our our mentality, our physicality. We're putting we'll... everything off on these external things. We're taking medication. We're like uh, getting surgeries, and that doesn't mean those things are bad. That's the problem. You, we put everything to this black and white context where it's like, oh, you either think medicine is bad or you're a complete naturalist. <laughs> and they're like, well, what about surgeries? What about all the advances we made? I'm like, well, that's that's. And that's why everyone gets all into these arguments all the time and why it's so easy to put us against each other. It's like, there's a time and a place for everything like technology and science and all that is wonderful. But the problem is we're not starting from ourselves. Like we're not, we're not taking into account what we can do first. Yeah. Then as we progress, we're like, all right, this is as much as I can do as an individual. What can I do with help? What can I do with uh, robotics technology? And, we're sold this lie that, oh, it's just easier this way. It's better this way. It's better for everybody. It's better for everything. Some cases, certainly, but not for every cases. And now it's become, it's just automatic. You're like, oh, if something's wrong with you, I'll take this pill. 
well, what does that pill do? Oh, it just makes you feel better. Well, I think it's, that's it's when it, that's when it kind of breaks down to self-discipline and uh, accountability for yourself. I mean, if you're to the point where you can't, or you have to have surgery on something, let's say to lose weight, you, you want to have a band put in, like, have you tried to lose weight physically? <laughs> or are you just giving and, in and, to well, the- Well, the yeah, and really like, what do you mean by trying? Like, I just want to, that's trying. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. And it's tough. It's tough to convey to people because who's who gets to say who's trying hard enough and who's doing enough work. And, you know, and that, that's where there doesn't need to be more conversations. And we need to need to be willing to look at ourselves and what we are doing to contribute to these problems that that problem might be there. It might be very real. But how much of that uh are we helping and how much of that are we hurting? And because how many times, time and time again, you go and get the surgery and it doesn't do what you wanted it to do. You wind up right back where you were before. And we're, we're just on this cycle of surgeries and medication and just- uh, Well, we want the quick fix, the quick fix yeah. to the problem, yeah. And the problem with that is every time you take the easy way out, it's next time a little bit easier, a little bit easier, a little bit easier because you, you're not, you're not going to be motivated to go to the hard direction. Like, well, <laughs> this is easier. You know, that's why I think we, we all need to be very conscious of the times that we do that. There, there's, there's so many, uh, there's a multitude of moments throughout the day, throughout the week, where we just take a little bit easier. We ease back a little bit. We're not, we don't push ourselves. We don't hold ourselves to that level particularly if we don't have someone in our lives that's kind of keeping us accountable. And that, you know, that's a, a, another thing with, with fighting that um, goes across the board to everything in life is it's very difficult to keep progressing and, and keep pushing yourself if you don't have somebody that's pushing you externally. So if you don't have some, like if you're the best person in the gym, it's very difficult to keep progressing like you were when you were the worst person in the gym. Mm -hmm. You're setting the bar now where before someone was like, this is where the bar is. And you either get here or you get to get out, you know, <laughs> and uh, that's a that's a big aspect of, of many issues in life is is that factor. And, you know, of course, we're we're programmed to look for the easy way out. You know, when you think about back in the day, the, uh, you know, having to go hunt for your food and living by campfire and that kind of stuff. It's like, you're not going to go to the more difficult thing. You're going to like, how do I stay as safe as possible? How do I stay healthy? And a lot of that is really great, but in this environment, in this world, it, it does the opposite. Yeah. You know, and if, and if we can start to recognize that we're naturally inclined to those things and that's why it's so easy to manipulate people because it's like, the people doing this, they know this, you know, and when you think about marketing to people, like they know our psychology, they know what we're drawn to, they know how to manipulate people, how to put fear into people, how to put desire into people. It's very easy to manipulate people. Well, that's one, that. that's one thing I was just talking uh, with my, my friend Cipriano, he's a, a runner and he's been running all these marathons and he started training for a triathlon and then got rhabdo. Um, but one thing that happens all the time, like when he posts his runs on social media and I I've seen it cause when I post something and I might not be satisfied with like the distance or the, even my time, people will be like, well, that's more than what I'm doing, or that's more than what the average person's doing. It's like, 
no, like, it's just not my best. Like, I'm not, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't perform my best. And so, like, people want to give you these, like, kind of excuses, like, oh, you're doing more than what the average person's doing. Like, I don't want to be average. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's tough, too, because there's the, uh, we're always going to be so hard on ourselves that we don't take any credit for, for a lot of what you do. But then you also look at, well, if I do, it's easy to start slowly going back. Well, I'm at least I'm doing more than the guy sitting on the couch. Exactly. Okay. But what's your really goal here? So yeah, I think, of course, it's, I think it's important to give yourself credit for the work that you've done, how far you've made it. Um, But if, if you're trying to constantly improve, you're always going to feel like you haven't done enough. And it's, it's hard to balance that and, and, I would say it's almost it's almost impossible to do that but I think at least if you understand that mentality and what that is you might not be so so hard on yourself to where you're like beating yourself up just because just because of that but you know when you when you look at things that have progressed throughout humanity and the, those leaps that we've made it's it's only from the people that refuse to settle for mediocrity and they set their sights so high that it was impossible and it couldn't be done until it was done. And then it becomes normal. And then that becomes where the line is. And, uh, you know, there, there, of course, there is a balance in all things, just like we were talking about with uh, technology and everything. It's like, if you're constantly pushing that line, what are you giving up in the process? Mm, yeah. So it's not to say just mindlessly go after things. You do have to take into account what you're giving up, what costs that comes with. And as long as you're viewing things in that spectrum, at least you, you know what it is that you're giving up. Because a lot of times we don't recognize what we're giving up in the process of these things yeah. until it's too yeah. late or until we've done so much damage. And that can be a good thing or a bad thing or, or a good direction we're going in or a bad direction we're going. Just because you're going towards somebody positive, I would say it's even more dangerous then because you're, you're so focused on that positive thing that you're ignoring all the, all the damage you're leaving behind you. Absolutely. That's, that's one thing I've had to learn um, because I can get pretty crazy about things whenever I start training for something like that's all I'm focused on my diet and just, I, I guess I don't learn to enjoy like just certain things like, or like a family get together, like a, a bad meal or something. Like I, I let that one thing just kind of define who I am until, until I'm done with it. Yeah. And uh, it definitely affects like, you know, like I said, family get togethers or gatherings or like, you know, my, my family, whenever they want to go get ice cream or something. And I'm like, yeah. no, I'm not, that's not what I'm doing. Um, so yeah, it, it definitely can affect your being crazy about things can definitely affect, affect relationships. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's tough. It, I, I would say that's one of the tougher aspects of uh, progressing towards a goal is of course, it's easier just to block every other aspect of your life out and just focus on this thing. But, you know, it's probably not the best, the healthiest thing or the best thing, particularly the people around you, the people that love you. Um, but one, one good lesson I learned over the years, and, you know, I didn't have a family and stuff like that to have to focus on and worry about. But, you know, Eddie, he had a solo, he, he was married and he had kids and everything. And, we talked about this a lot and um, really what, what he ended up figuring out over the years is just being 
making sure that he's present in those moments. So even if I only have five minutes to spend with my kids, they have 100% of my focus, my time, and my attention. What, what happened prior to him figuring that out is like, when he's at the gym, he's giving himself to the gym, but now he feels bad because he's not with his family. But then when he's with his family, he's worried about not being at the gym. And so both, both are suffering because of that. Mm. You know, and it's, it's not necessarily about the time it's about the quality of that time. It's just like in training, you know, you can spend 24 hours a day in the gym and not go anywhere. Yeah. Whereas you can spend half an hour in the gym, completely focused, dedicated. And I'm here in this moment, everything that I'm doing, my mind, body, and my spirit are into, and you're going to get much more out of it. So learning how to delegate your time and your energy and being in those moments when you do it, it's like, if I'm going to do it, know that you're going to do it. It's like, I'm going to have a cheat meal. Okay. I'm going to have a cheat meal. Don't be like, oh, now I feel like a total piece of shit afterwards and like beating yourself up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're going to do it, just do it yeah. and accept it. And like, this is part of it. I'm willing to do it because of this. And I know I'm going to get right back on my thing after that or else, or else you're just, you're beating yourself up on both ends of, of the spectrum. And that's that, like, that's double bad. Oh yeah, absolutely. One, one question I had was uh, shortly after we, you were on the podcast before you announced you were retiring. And since then you've retired from fighting. Um, what does that dynamic look like in your life as far as like the discipline of going to the gym daily and training? Um, I assume you still train, but it's probably not to the same extreme, right? Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I think, I think for myself, I always had a good perspective from when I started because I did start so late. I did always view all this as extra credit and it could be over at any moment. And that's also what motivated me to give myself so much to it and to go so hard and to, to, to constantly push myself and go into these really dangerous situations, knowing that, you know, it could all be over tomorrow. And, and, you know, I thought that not just about my career, but my life too. I always viewed everything as just being extra, extra credit. Like I'm not supposed to be here anyway. I'm not supposed to be alive. Um, so yeah, but that always, of course, that fighting forced me to be healthy. So that, that's helpful <laughs> that you kind of have to be. I mean, you obviously don't because a lot of people aren't. And, you know, but, but again, I knew that because of my late start, I didn't want to have any excuses for anything else. Like there's no way I'm going to take it easy over here because I'm, I don't have, I have a very finite amount of time to work with. You know, it's like, I can go party and get fat when I retire, if I want, really want to, you know what I mean? I'm not going to, it's not helping out what I'm doing right now. Well, um, if I remember straight from the last episode and uh, previous interviews you've been in, you kind of experienced that life. A little bit right like you were I pretty heavy lived that life I lived <laughs> that life fucking 24 hours a day for, for a really long time and uh yeah so that was always that was always a motivator for me is that i know what that is i know where that goes i know what that leads to and i'm everything like it, it was so difficult for me to turn everything around They're, like i'm not even gonna play around in that, that water anymore you know i'm not even gonna I'm not even going to think about it. It's not, it's not even an option for me because none of that is helpful to what I'm doing right now and where I'm going. And yeah, now after I've retired, it's different, you know, but trying to, it's like, obviously I can't, 
I'm not going to train like I was training for a fight because that's all that I did. You know, I, yeah. I couldn't do anything else. All that I did was I trained all day long, every day. Even when I wasn't in the gym, I was focused on training. I was watching fights. Um, but now it's, yeah, it's definitely different. I think for myself, I know that I need to stay healthy. I need to work out. I don't, I don't necessarily need to train, train, but um, if I'm not, at least active in some to some degree on a regular basis i I, like i saw myself (laughs) going slipping right back to that you know it's like when you've had that devil on your back you're never any farther away from it than you were when you first started you know 20 years later i'm no farther away than i was when i turned my life around i think always being aware of that has been helpful because like i said you know, when we were talking about before, it's like, you're not aware of the things that you're giving up. You need to be aware of what you're giving up, what you're giving up. You need to be aware that this thing is on your back and wants to destroy you as soon as you let it. Because when you don't, that's, that's when it's going to happen. When you're like, oh, I'm safe. I don't need to worry about this anymore. It's been however long. I'm, I'm not an addict anymore or whatever. I'm like, yeah, you always, you're always one. You're going to be one forever. And the sooner you come to terms with that, the, the healthier and better you're going to be. So yeah, after I stopped, I let myself kind of hang out and just not think about anything for a little bit. But then eventually it's like, all right, well, one, I know I need to be active. So at the very least, I need to get up and get my body moving every day. You know, you do a little bit more and be like, all right, I want to, you know, get back to hitting the bag a little bit, start lifting a little bit. And, you know, eventually you find how much of that and what it is you're trying to do now and like where your baseline is. Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I've been pretty consistent, especially this year about working out almost on a daily basis and, you know, not to the degree of really pushing myself. Like I'm right at that point now. I was like, all right, now I want to maybe set some goals, whether they're physical goals or, you know, I don't think I'm going to like do any competitions or anything, but if I ever like settle down somewhere, I'll be like, yeah, maybe I want to start competing in, you know, maybe like jujitsu or wrestling or whatever, you know, do a marathon. Like uh, Mark Bell, this uh, powerlifter dude, he's like, oh, you should do a marathon. I'm like, dude, I fucking hate running. Like, I would never. And he's, like, he's like, hey, he's like, that's, that's why you should do it because it's, it's difficult and it's hard. I'm like, oh, God. He's, I'm like, I know he's really going to, I'm really going to do this one. Um, but yeah like like stuff like that i think always having difficult goals and things that are that you don't want to do like forcing yourself to get up early forcing yourself to work out forcing yourself to take a cold shower forcing yourself to eat healthy like it's not necessarily the funnest thing but when you when it becomes a lifestyle it, it, it is because you understand what the other thing brings. You understand what that comfort, uh, what that laziness uh, contributes to and where, where inevitably it will go. And the, and the farther down you get on that road, the harder it is to go back, you know? So it's like, I don't, I don't ever wanna let a, a certain amount of time pass before I've worked out because I know each, each time it's that much harder. Like I used to view it uh, when I was fighting, uh, when, and like the weight gain after after a fight, like I would I would set a bar 
like you can't go past this because every <laughs> pound every pound after that gets gets it doubles how much how difficult it is you know it's like like there was a certain point i'm like all right within a week or two i can be right back to where i was but after that then it becomes three weeks four weeks five weeks and you know how difficult it is and you know how frustrating and impossible it seems to people that are trying to lose weight and try to do it I'm like i don't ever want to I don't want to get there because I know how impossible it was to get to where I'm at now. Yeah. So much of uh, things in life is uh, it's a process. It's consistency. It's, 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 it's a lifestyle and you can't, you can't start and stop. You know, that's what, like when I was coming up, I didn't understand how people would go fight and then take months off and then come back. I'm like, that's why you're not progressing. That's why you're not getting any better. (laughs) You're starting at zero. Your career was so short. Yeah. So for myself, it was like, yeah, I'm going to take a day or two off, but that's it. You know, I'm, I already felt so far behind, you know, I always view it as like, we're on this train. And if you step off that train keeps going. And then when you jump on, you're that much farther behind on the train. And you got a really good analogy to where you were. So there is obviously the balance of, you can't just floor it the whole time. Um, But learning how to take um, like active rest days where, uh, back in, I think 2009 was the first time I ever took off from training or fighting. Um, after I fought a uh, Chike for the WBC title, I took a month off. I didn't do shit for a month. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm going to, I'm not going to do nothing physical. I'm going to take this time off. I'm going to let my body heal. All these injuries are going to feel great afterwards. And it was the worst decision I ever fucking made, man. My body started just, it's like, it's like pouring concrete on yourself. Yeah. You know, cause yeah. it's like, we don't think about that. Our lack of movement is what contributes to our aging process. You know, our, our injuries, you always got to stay fluid and, and moving even when you're resting, you know? So it's like on those days off, you should at least be stretching. You should at least be going for a walk because if not, you're going to be that much worse off and that much uh, uh, solidified uh, when Monday comes around. Once I started doing that, incorporating, you know, those active rest days and learn how to fluctuate between high intensity and, and extremely low intensity, but never off. That really helped me a lot. Those I'd say those last five years in my career. And, you know, as I progressed in my career and as I aged, I had to, I had to, <laughs> I had to figure all that out. You know, a lot of that is like in the beginning, it was just like, just go as hard as you can, as much as you can. Uh, you know, we're, we're trying to make up time here. And that was very helpful. But as you get more intelligence, more experience, you realize about that quality time, not, not just the amount of time. Well, and then but it, in, the, in the beginning, you do have to just, just do the work. It only gets harder too as you get older. Oh yeah, <laughs> harder. So yeah, it's like it, that's the funny thing too is we always we always talk about oh well you're just, I'm just older now so it's that much more difficult. Like, yeah, you should be that much more conscious about your your health, your diet, your exercise. But we do the opposite. We do less as we age. We yeah. do worse yeah. as we age. And then we're like, oh, why am I, why do I feel like shit? <laughs> like, but you can just, I mean, you can just look at it. There, there's 70 year olds doing bodybuilding competitions. Like you can't use age as an excuse. You can't really use anything as an excuse. It might be a factor, but not anymore. Not whole, right. Not anymore. And <laughs> it's so, it's so easy to view 
you know, kind of that natural aging process or really anything, you know, we, we view so many factors as reasons why we can't accomplish things, uh, our age, our gender, our fucking finances, our, our place in the world. Um, and those might be contributing factors, but it's not the whole spectrum of what it takes to be successful. And well, they're just there's always ways to, yeah, they're just excuses. And, and, and that's what makes it difficult because some of those factors might be very real, you know, and it's to say, well, I can't do it because of this. Yes, that might be true. One, are there ways to make up for it in other areas? You know, I always use the, uh, uh, like the naturally gifted person uh, versus the hard worker. You know, you might not have that natural ability, but you can make up for so much of that with work ethic. And, uh, and, that, and that, that really comes into play with, with really anything, you know, again, with all those, that spectrum of stuff that it takes to be successful. There's, there's usually a way to make up for what you're lacking. There's ways to get better at what you're lacking. Um, the ways to get stronger um, and compensate in other aspects of your life. Um, there's always ways around it. Almost, almost always. What I like to say, say to people like, and that's one thing I've learned with the podcast is that as long as you're doing something every single day towards your goal, doesn't matter what it is. You don't even have to be like, let's say it's the podcast. I don't necessarily have to be doing an interview. Um, As long as I'm like promoting or I'm putting something up on social media or I'm editing or I'm actively reaching out to people who, you know, I want to come on the podcast. As long as I'm doing something every single day, you're always consistently moving forward. You're not staying stagnant. Yeah. And I think yeah, that's shit. important. Even just uh, even just thinking about it, you know, yeah. mentally thinking about it, you know, it's like, and that that's what, again, what we were talking about earlier, the, the quality of the time, what you're putting into this, especially when you're not actively doing that thing that you're, you're trying to get better at. It's, right. it's the people that are, can still find ways to benefit what it is they're doing even if it's just staying healthy, even if it's just thinking about that, even if it's just avoiding those things that are, aren't contributing to it. Right. So much of that, so much of that is what's beneficial. And so much of that we do have control over yet. We um, outsource all these things like, Oh, well, I can't because X, Y, and Z, you know, not, not taking into account. Well, what are you doing? (laughs) What are you doing (laughs) in spite of those things? Well, you know, and we don't, we don't, we're very, very rarely are we, uh, do we hold ourselves accountable to, to all that, you know, especially when we do have an excuse of, well, I don't have this thing, whatever it is. Right. And, uh, you know, when you, when you really understand, uh, what successful people have had to do to get that success, you know, you're like, oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you view this surface thing as, well, I didn't have that surface thing that they had, yeah, uh, but but how many of those other things that you do have did, did they take and use that you aren't? Well, why didn't you? Why didn't you do that thing? Why didn't you? And and, and another one is we sometimes we view that that end goal like I can never get to here that 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 whatever that is that greatness maybe or that final whatever like I can't get to that end thing so there's no point in even trying. Yet you could almost get there. You could get a little bit closer to there. You can yeah. get closer yeah. than you are right now. But because you can't get to the end, you say, why even bother trying? And that's, that's wh- and that's okay. But you need to understand that you have a choice with that. You, you made that choice. Nobody else made that choice. You decided I can't make it to the end. 
So I'm not going to try at all. That's fine. But don't pretend like it's some external force working against you when it's very rarely is that the case. Well, that's a victim's mentality, right? I, which we all naturally have instilled in us. It's, 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 it's hard not to have it. You're always going to have that to a degree, but understanding that you do have that and that there, there's always something you can do, even if at the very least, it's just your perspective and how you view this situation. That alone is, is night and day different than what most people do. You know, yeah. most people are just like, oh, this is just the way it is. I'm like, yeah, it's the way it is, but can you look at it differently? Can you view it? Can you, can you just accept it? Like, this is the way it is, and there's nothing I can do about it, and that's okay. Not, oh, poor, poor me, this is horrible. Like, yeah, things are horrible for everybody in different, different ways. That's um, that kind of brings me back to our first episode. I remember when we uh, when we arranged it, I was super excited. I'm like, I got Kevin Ross. This is so sweet. And then after the episode, I was so down. I'm like, man, this this episode sucked. Like not not you. My performance sucked and I was not happy. And at that moment, I'm like, okay, I do not want to let this happen again. And so since that time, when you and I last talked, I've actively worked on trying to get better each time because it's either you let that consume who you are and you just give up or you continue yeah. to move forward and just get better yeah and that's that not i want to say failing but but having difficulties and not being where you want to be is one of the greatest motivators in the world oh yeah you're like i'm either going to quit or i'm going to say all right how can i get better at this thing how can i make sure that thing that happened never happens again like when I lost my, I lost my very first fight and I was like I'm never gonna let that happen again or I'm at, at the very least gonna make it to where I've strengthened myself in every area that contributed to that loss you know yeah. it's like my one of the biggest things was uh I like gassed out right away and you know that's you know your first fight you just fucking go nuts and everything and <laughs> I just remember how helpless I felt because I, I couldn't even move anymore. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't move. And I was like, well, that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with my ability level. That, that just has to do with my being able to, to breathe and to function. So I always put uh, my conditioning at the forefront of everything. Like this is always the most important thing to me because I can't always uh, control the level of person that's in front of me like <laughs> there's only so much time to get better and if i'm fighting somebody that's been doing this for 20 years like there's nothing i can do about that but i can be in the best shape ever i can i can i can i can push this so hard that it's going to make people want to quit and that's something i always and that we always have control or nobody can control how hard we work yeah and that's another aspect that a lot of i think a lot of fighters uh neglect and kind of give up where they could they could be pushing themselves harder but they have to do it themselves well you know, i think they, it's easy um, it's easy to kind of look at somebody who is at the at the top of their game like yourself you know somebody starting out in a fighting career it's easy for somebody to look at you and be like wow kevin ross so good but they don't see like what it took for you to necessarily get to that point they didn't see the loss they didn't see how you struggled in your first fight they didn't see the hours that you put in at the gym and then but the only the only way you can get as good as you are or even know what you're fully capable of is by just continuously doing it. And yeah, yeah that's one thing I've learned by this podcast. That's the only way to get better is by continuously doing it. And you'll have mistakes. You'll say stupid shit. You'll, you'll bad things will just happen. Um, 
recordings won't necessarily go go right and just it's part of the game yeah it's like if you know if you know how to get good at one thing you know how to get good at everything because it's the it's the same process for everything basically it's the same process for everything. it's time yeah, time and effort time, time effort and energy and dedication that's really it there's no there's no secret there's no secret to success no it's the same for everybody it's it's the problem is that it's different for everybody. <laughs> everyone's <laughs> got to deal with different things. Everyone's got different hurdles. Everyone's got a uh, different limitation, but it, it's the same process for everyone. Like yeah. everyone yeah. is going to have to push themselves. Everyone has to overcome loss and failure and weakness. And everyone's going to have to pick themselves up when they get knocked down. Everyone's going to have to refuse to look at the surface and just keep, keep pushing forward through everything that might be telling them to, they're going in the wrong direction and, everybody's got to everyone's got to take that path you know it's not it's 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 the one unifying factor for every successful person in the history of the world they've all had to do that and anyone can be momentarily successful that, that's different you know that is when certain factors might come into play like natural ability or anything mm -hmm. else but you can look at yeah. the most naturally gifted athlete on the planet and i guarantee you he's worked harder harder than anybody else because that you you just that's the way that it is that you have to you know yeah you have to you know like every you know you look at like 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 beethoven or Jimi hendrix or people like that and you like go back and like learn about them those motherfuckers did that shit all day long like Jimi hendrix used to walk around with the guitar everywhere that he went he used to sleep with it, it all the way up until until his death like he never stopped practicing, never stopped learning, he never stopped working. You always have to work, especially if you have this great talent and ability. Like you need, you need to use that gift that you were given. Like yeah, it requires. It comes with a cost. If you want to succeed at anything, it's going to cost you. It costs everybody. Nobody gets it for free. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now you've you're kind of moving into the motivational realm a little bit what is, yeah, what is that yeah. what does that look like <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i've always tried to be a motivational person or, or as i said before it's like i i kind of understood the position i was in the, the 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 way that i was viewed in this light and i wanted to give back as much as i could you know I, like when I was coming up, I didn't really have anyone to look at for motivation as far as someone who was in my position that had done it before from my age, from my country, whatever, you know, I'll be, you know, there's great fighters, but to, to see someone that's been on that same path and that same journey as you. So I was always really, that always inspired me and motivated me to uh, be very vocal about my journey, very vocal about my um, hurdles and losses and failures and things that I went through because, um, you know, I viewed, I viewed a lot of things like most of us do. You see, you see the success, you see the highlights, you see all this, and you don't ever see the work. You don't ever see the pain. You don't ever see the failures. Um, and I know how much that contributes to people giving up because they, they do view it as this gift almost like this person did it because they had this certain element and I don't, so I can't make it. But the more you 
understand people and learn about people's journeys and stories, the more you realize that they're all just people. They were just had had something in them that told them they had to do this thing and they refused to give up and that was it. So um, for myself over the years and the more notoriety I got and popularity I got, the, the more, you know, I took that as a, a responsibility. Like you're in this position, you are responsible to give back as much as you can. And what is that like? Is it, is it difficult to manage? <laughs> uh, it, you know, it wasn't difficult to manage before because I never really thought about it before. I, I was able to ignore it for a really long time, um, particularly before, you know, the shrinking of the world with, with technology and everything. Like, <laughs> I, I never looked at myself like that. I, and I never even looked at myself as like, I didn't even understand how other people viewed me. You know, whenever somebody would say that, I was like, why? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand why. <laughs> Uh, but then again, over the years, it was just became something like, well, this is just the way it is. People do look at you this way. and People do look up to you. And the strangeness of that has never dissipated. Like I, it's never been any less strange than it was the first time. I mean, remember, I remember the first time it happened. I was like, what, what are you talking about? First off, how'd you ever see me fight? Like, there's no YouTube. <laughs> like, I don't even understand. Um, so yeah, it just became something I had to kind of accept and, and because of that, it, it motivated me even more to use this platform and the spotlight that I have to really encourage people to, to not give up and to keep pushing through. And, and you know, I've always, I've always tried to convey that through, through the way that I fought, through the training, through, you know, overcoming all these obstacles. Like, I, I want people to understand that everything that I have, you have, you know, every, everything that I struggle with, everybody struggles with every, everything. We're all, we're all relatively the same. You know, there might be, you might have a little bit more of this or a little bit more of that, but when it comes down to it, everyone's relatively got the same stuff just in different ways. You know, everyone's got something difficult to deal with. Yeah. You know, and it, it's very easy for me to sit here and be like, Oh, well, you don't have to deal with this. And yeah, that's true. That's just one thing. Okay. I mean, I mean, you're at. I don't have to deal with what. I don't have to deal with what you have to deal with, and and and, and that go, that goes across the board. So, I mean, you're understanding these, that we, we all have one difficulties. Of, you're one of the most top fighters probably in the world, and you you deal with sobriety issues, right, on a day to day basis. Yeah. I mean, sure, yeah. that's the most common thing to have to deal with for most people yeah. is substance yeah, abuse, especially especially now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. And that, that, that too, you know, all those, all those things that I dealt with to start with, you know, things I had to overcome just because you overcome something doesn't mean you're done overcoming it. It's, it's an unending battle that we're in. I mean, that's, that's life. You don't, you don't get past something you just learn to deal with it. It's like when, when, when you lose somebody, when somebody dies, you never, it never goes away. You don't ever get past it. There's no getting past it that, that, because you can't change that. It's, it's, it, that's the way it yeah. is forever. You learn how to deal with it. it. It just becomes part of you and you understand like everything else in life, you have a choice to make. You're not a victim. You can either get better from this or get worse. You can either let this destroy you or you can use it as motivation 
to be the best that you can be. And that's everything that happens in life is we always have a choice to make. Uh, and, you know, that was, that was a huge wake up call for me when, when I did turn my life around is like, you have a choice to make. You're, you're using all these excuses about why you can't do this and blah, blah, blah. Like really all it is, is you're afraid you have fear. You're like, I'm not going to make it. So I shouldn't try. Or if I do it, uh, I'm going to be viewed like this, or it's going to be too difficult or whatever it is, but you don't ever actually know until you do it. And you're yeah. just sitting here, destroying yourself, drinking yourself to death. All your, all your friends are dying. All you're losing all these people. And what is it? What is it really doing for you? You you have a choice to make. It's your responsibility. And if you want to make the decision to destroy your life, then take some ownership over it because that's what you're doing it anyway. And uh, yeah, just like smack me in the face that uh, that I do have a choice. We all have a choice, you know. And again, even if it's just the, my perception of the situation. I have a choice in what that is. And once I started understanding that and, and taking responsibility in the choices that I do have, it, it turned everything around. It turned my entire life around. And what I always like to tell people is it doesn't make, it doesn't make anything any easier. It just simplifies it. Hmm. You understand it more. And once you understand it more, in some, in some ways that does make it easier because it's simple. It's like, I'm going left or right that's it there's no in between it's either left or it's right and I know what left is i need to go right and and that's it. it doesn't matter how difficult it is it doesn't matter how many setbacks i have it doesn't matter how many failures i have it doesn't matter how many injuries i have it doesn't matter how old i am it doesn't matter how little money i have I'm going this way and that's it yeah that, i think that's that was weird <laughs> there's a weird noise in the background um i think that's important what's up i said it might have been Bovi. <laughs> is that the dog sounds like a gremlin yeah. yeah so so now you're doing these uh motivational speeches how many how many speeches are you doing is it just this one coming up in september i've never done any this is You've my never... first one uh, so i mean i i would say i mean this is my first one that's like this is what it is and this is what you're doing this is what you're talking like this is what this how did is for. how did that come about did somebody reach out to you did, yeah, so it was actually the first sponsor I ever had. Uh, his name is Brent. The, the first shirt I ever had was the Cancer Fighter. Um, he, he actually lost his mother to cancer, and he started this organization. Um, um, and all of our proceeds uh, went to benefit cancer research and stuff like that. So he was the first person that ever sponsored me. I helped him train. He actually had a fight um, back then. And, you know, we've been, we've been friends ever since then. And, this has been something he's been wanting to do for a long time. He actually tried to do it like a year ago, but it, you know, it was his first time trying it and it all fell apart. And you know, like, like everything else, you just kind of learn through failure, you know, you progress through failure. And um, so he finally got, got everything together this year. And so he's putting on this three-day event. Um, it's like a, a self-development seminar kind of deal. They got a bunch of really great speakers, authors, military people, and, yeah, he reached out to me to see if I would want to uh, do a segment and speak at it. So this is this is my first time doing something to that degree. You know, I've done a lot of obviously interviews and seminars, but you know, Muay Thai seminars where I do talk a lot and that kind of thing. But this is <laughs> this is very uh, specified to this realm, you know. So it, yeah, this is my first first time, and uh, yeah, it's the same kind of 
just like starting fighting it's like i've never done this before i i don't i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> do, you, do you think it's something that you will continuously do i mean obviously you haven't done it yet and you you're still preparing but do you think yeah. this is something you yeah. can see yourself doing certainly some I, I have always wanted to do and you know done in many other ways just not not to this uh degree not and i've always not publicly yeah not publicly and um i've always really been inspired by uh people that do that you know i think i think it's, i think it's really great i i think there is like the motivation like i don't want to be a motivational speaker like no no <laughs> but that in that in that realm you know i think i think I think, I mean, I think we all have very unique uh, stories and, and things that are, um, you know, that everyone can benefit from because, because again, we are all in the same journey and we're all dealing with all of these same things, even if, even if it's different, like, you know, people that I'm talking to, like, they're not, probably not trying to get in the ring or anything like that, but they're, they're probably trying to do something, something that's scary, something they doubt, something they view as maybe impossible because of whatever factors they might have in their life. And, you know, I, 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 I always enjoy hearing people's stories because, um, you know, it is something that we can all take from, you know, it's something that, that uh, is, goes across the board to every aspect of life. It's, it's those unifying factors um, that we all have. So again, yeah, I, I, I have lived very, unique life in a lot of ways and i've dealt with a lot of things that we all face and you know because of that i think that i i can uh help contribute to to a lot of people and i i, I would like to do that and this is an opportunity to do that and i know it's going to be just just like anything else you know you, you gotta fail your way through and you're making <laughs> mistakes and you know just gonna come out like oh i'm the greatest speaker in the world now because i tried it once so right yeah, it's uh it's have a you new, ever thought of new uh, have you ever thought about doing a podcast? Yeah, yeah, but I also understand that it's something you you can't just like dip your toes in once in a while. You know <laughs> no. what I mean? like, and because of just my lifestyle right now, like all over the place all the time, it, it'd be really tough for me to be consistent at. Obviously, I I could you know, you got to make sacrifices. Like you want to be consistent in something. All right. Well, you got to do this every week at this time. And it doesn't matter where you are in the world. And yeah, I think eventually I probably will, but it's similar to, uh, it's like opening a gym or something. Like I'm not ready to put everything I have into that thing because there's too many other things right now. But that, that, think, uh, well, I think that's respectable because I mean, a lot of people will want to do like a podcast but then they don't realize the amount of effort and time it, it takes. So then they just end up giving up. And, yeah. and so to realize that it takes a lot of time and to realize that in order to get good at it, which I'm sure you'll, you're naturally good at talking anyways. So I, that's why I said, <laughs> I think you should start a podcast, but um, I think well, it's that, ironic. It's ironic. Cause I, I'm, I'm naturally probably the most quietest person <laughs> the face of the earth like I, I don't like it's easy for me to talk to people that are talking and like once we're going like i can do that like to organically bring out these conversations and you know to be like a podcaster like you need to be the one that, that's pushing this boat you know it's right it's easy, to be, it's easy to be interviewed like i could talk forever yeah 
when it, when it, when it's like this, but like, if we were sitting here just hanging out, I probably wouldn't say a word to you. <laughs> like, why doesn't Kevin like so, me? <laughs> but it's like, uh, you know, I, I try to view those things that maybe you're not naturally inclined to do or that are difficult is like, you should probably do this because of that, because even just going after this is going to help contribute uh, to who you are as a person in some ways. So right now it's one of those things like, oh, I'll do them once in a while and interview some people. And, you know, like, I think eventually I'll be like, all right, I want to do a little bit more, a little bit more, but it's not, I wouldn't say it's like this goal that I, I want to do. Right. Um, that, that reminds me of, uh, I think it was David Goggins that said it. He was, I think he said, uh, get, get, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And, and that's, that's something I try to live by daily. That's the so. greatest life lesson there is, especially if you want to do anything. Yeah. Other yeah. than, <laughs> other than just sitting where you are and accepting the way that that life is, if you want to do anything, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be extremely uncomfortable in a variety of ways. Yeah. Uh, there, there's, there's no doing anything without discomfort. Yeah. You know, even more so in this world where we're trying to avoid discomfort as much as possible. Like you should be sprinting at discomfort. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's like uh, the other day when you, uh, I think it was Monday when we texted and you had posted that video uh, from our previous episode, I had just went on a six mile run. Well, I haven't been running. And I, I had decided that since I hadn't been running, I'm going to punish myself and run six miles because I knew that six miles would be difficult. Um, yeah. And I knew I could do it, but I knew it'd be very difficult, especially in the heat. Yeah. And, uh, and I did. And actually I was using you as motivation. Um, Cause I remember Gina talking about, talking about you running six miles every day on, huh. on Rogan's podcast. Yeah. And so I was like, Kevin's doing it. I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad I could help you out. Yeah. And then, and then shortly after I got back and I was lifting and then you texted me, I was like, oh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, well, cool, man. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. I got to, uh, like I said, I'm probably going to have to, I need to start running here. I'm trying to avoid it as much as possible. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, man, um, is there anything else you want to talk about or mention on the podcast before? We wrap it up. Oh, um, no. Um, as I said, I'm doing that event. Um, it's in Chicago. It's called uh, Roger Up. The website's rogerupevent.com. Uh, it's the September 1st through 3rd. So it's a three-day course. Um, they're going to have a bunch of speakers. They're also doing some uh, jujitsu stuff, like a couple of... Uh, so it's like a full, full... Full, full experience. You know, you get the speakers, you get the, uh, I think they're doing some like dinners as well. So every night, like a couple people all go to the dinners and stuff. So it's, it's a pretty cool thing uh, in Chicago. Um, all the info is on the website. Um, so yeah, if anybody's going to that, I, I look forward to seeing you there. I'm trying to get back into writing my damn autobiography. So <laughs> June, my fight, my retirement fight was in June. So leading up to that, I just completely stopped writing. It's completely stopped anything that was taking my time and attention away from fighting. So it's like, I know this is my last one, so I'm not even gonna like do anything other than prepare for this fight. And then I also needed to kind of step back anyway, because I've been doing it for so long. I'm just like stuck in this forest of everything and I can't really see what's going on. But now I'm in this position where I'm trying to like get back into it again. And I, I just haven't been able to, you know, I, what like, is, I stepped away for so long. 
what is that process like? Because that's one thing I've always wanted to do is write an autobiography as also. Um, so when you sit down and write, what's your process like? Um, well, kind of depends. You know, when it comes to that, uh, just trying to remember my, like I have a terrible, terrible memory of my life for whatever reason. I'm sure a lot <laughs> of the trauma and stuff didn't help, but it's very difficult for me to remember my life you know, like I hear people talking about their lives or I read other people's biographies and they'll have a conversations they had with people like 20 years ago. <laughs> I'm like, all right, either this is total bullshit or I just have a terrible memory because I can't remember a conversation with somebody like a week ago, you know? So it's been, it, it was really tough for me to really put all this back together. You know, I, I went back and had a lot of conversations with people from from my childhood and stuff and tried to try to remember a lot of stories you know and like when I go back and look through old photo albums and stuff I'm like oh okay and then uh, so what I started doing was just when things would pop up I, I'd rest right right down what I can remember and just kind of got everything out on paper and then um, slowly started to put it into a, a time frame and timeline I would say the hardest part is kind of how you want to tell this story um you know, and, and in what in what way? Because you know, like like I said, some people put it in a way where it's like they're having conversations, like all right, then I did this and then like that. When I first started writing, everything was just very factual. You know, like when I was uh, traveling for fights and stuff, I would I would just write out my days a lot. Like this happened, this happened, this happened, and then when I would write about them and put them online, I, I kind of put them online that way. You know, like this, okay. this, 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 just very very factual, no real emotion or thoughts or anything like that which is kind of just the way I am, but then you know, <laughs> like, like Gina, she like, I think she's one of the most amazing writers I've ever written. I'm like, how do you write this shit? It's like, it has all this emotion and all this, it's all, all this color and flavor to it, you know, where I feel like mine is very just like bland and like factual. Um, so, you know, just through the process of writing, I've, I've tried to learn how to develop and like, I can write about stuff, but when it comes to myself, it's, it, it's tough. You know, and that's kind of what's taking so long is there's that whole aspect of everything, you know, how, how you want to tell it, um, remembering things that happened, what you want to leave in, what you want to take out. Um, so I'd like to give you an answer, but I don't know, because I'm still doing it. Well, I mean, that's a that's a good answer, I think, because, I mean, you could literally go so many different ways with it. You could you could have a victim's mentality when you're telling it like this is what happened to me and or you could. Yeah you can have a, a hero story. And, yeah. and I think that's what your story is, but. Yeah. Well, the other thing too is, I think with a lot of stuff is nobody, nobody can tell you how it's supposed to be. Like there's no blueprint necessarily for this. Like yeah. however, however you want to. Like at first I was like, all right, I need to, I need to, I need to like spell everything right. And the grammar needs to be, I'm like, well, why? Why does that have to be, have to be that way? Like as right. long as you understand what I'm talking about, then everything can be just, it could be one long run on sentence <laughs> if I wanted it to be that. I'm like some aspects of that I really like, you know, I read, as I said, I like to read a lot of biographies and, you know, a lot of them you can tell like they didn't write this shit, <laughs> like they had the ghostwriter. Uh, but there's a few you can really, like you can hear that person speaking, uh, like I read Mickey Ward's book. And uh, that was one of those ones. I'm like, I can like hear him telling the story and I'm sure, you know, he had somebody helping him out and do all that kind of thing, but it feels very genuine. You know, you can hear it, you can hear it, hear it in his voice where there's a lot of other ones where you're like, all right, well, 
you told your story to this person and then they wrote it and what they thought it was. Yeah. So I always wanted to make sure that it was something coming from me, not somebody else telling my story. Um, so, so it's certain aspects of that. I'm like, this doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be even structured in any way. It can be structured however the hell I want to do it. Yeah. Um, so I think that at this stage right now, it's like, I'm really just trying to find like, what voice do I want to tell this and how do I want to put it? I do want it to be good and like enjoyable to read, not just uh, here's a bunch of shit. Here's my life. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's, I think that's, that's why I did need to take that step back and, and uh, now just like going back in is, it's hard. I need to, uh, I just got to force myself to, like anything else, you just got to force yourself to do it. And yep. You figure it out <laughs> in the process. Like you want to do anything in life, just start doing it. That's just the only do way it. to do it. Yeah, that's what, I tell, do it. that's what I tell everybody. Just do it. Um, have you ever listened to, I, I mentioned David Goggins earlier, but David Goggins book, uh, Can't Hurt Me. Yeah. So I, I read, I read it and then I listened to the audio book. What did was, you think? I, of I loved, I loved the audio book. Cause uh, did you listen to the audio book? I, I, every time I get into running, I listen to it. Okay. So what I really, really loved about that was he has somebody else speaking the story, but then after every chapter or so they start talking about it. And yeah. I think that's like the, the coolest part about that is hearing hearing his mindset and hearing the conversations and hearing somebody else ask about it, you know, and that's, as I said, that if I have somebody else asking me about stuff, I, I could talk all day about this, you know, yeah. like, but when it's just me generating this stuff out, I'm like, I don't fucking, like, I don't know what you want to hear. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I can talk about anything, but what do you, what do you want to know about? Like, what do you want to hear about? Like, like, all right, tell me about this story. I, I can tell you about this story, but then just to be the one doing it, um you know it's it, it makes it a little bit tougher it's tougher for me because i don't naturally just uh like open up like open that. up and be like yeah here, here's all this <laughs> stuff you know you know some people are the opposite you know they're just constantly like expressing words and emotion like i don't care about any of this shit like why are you talking about <laughs> like oh, i thought you'd want to hear I'm like i don't if i did i would ask you that's how so, it was when i when i did well, my, my second episode, I, I shared my story, my personal story and why, why I started this podcast. And that was probably one of the hardest things I ever did because it was just me sitting on my couch with a microphone and just going through essentially my life story. Yeah. And it's difficult to do. It's not easy. Everybody thinks it's easy, but it's, it's not because there was nobody interviewing me. It was just me talking. And uh, it's very strange. <laughs> Especially if you're not inclined to talk about yourself. No, I'm not. Like some people love to talk about themselves. <laughs> yeah, no, I hate I, it. I don't. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't, like, if you want to know something about me, I'm like, I'm an open book if you want to ask me. But if you don't want to ask me, my book's shut. Like, I'm not going to tell you <laughs> shit about me. That's I'll hilarious. tell you my name, and that, that, that's probably about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Well, um, I will have your event uh that you're speaking at in the show notes so the awesome. link link to that will be there um i'm thinking about going that's my birthday weekend i'm thinking about going to oh that. yeah yeah that'd be it'd cool be, man it'd be cool um, to meet you. yeah would you be open to uh getting dinner or something yeah yeah so i think um like i said it's the first through the third i'll probably go i don't know if i'm gonna go for the whole thing but i'll, I'll either be there the first or the second and then, uh, yeah, first, I'll be there a couple days either way. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. 
All right, cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome. All right, man. Well, um, is there anything else? Not that I know. I think this was better than the first time. Definitely. You didn't seem as nervous. No, no, I feel good. I feel, I feel fine. Yeah, At first, much, I think uh, much more natural. You know, for what, yeah, not so forced. Not that the first, just in comparison. No, the first more, one was more organic. The first one was definitely forced. I had this like uh, different idea of what I thought a podcast should be, especially seeing after seeing you on Rogan and on yeah. some other podcasts I'd seen online. Um, but yeah, no, this was fun. And uh, yeah, you just, uh, you know, obviously you just, you just have to find your voice. Like go back and watch his first fucking ones. Like <laughs> I have just <laughs> sim him, him sitting in his fucking room, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that's one thing it, I've, that's one thing I've had to learn. Like I, I'm a huge fan of Rogan. I listen to him all the time when I'm at work. And so um, also with thinking about how I want to make my podcast better, I'm like, how did Rogan do it? And where was he at when he started eventually changing and evolving? And so I've yeah. gone and I've watched his first episode and then I've watched like his 500th episode. And I'm like, okay, well, as 500, 500th episode, he was still like in some bullshit studio or his bedroom yeah. or whatever it was. Uh -huh. And he was, he was recording. He wasn't where he is today. Yeah. So it's yeah. obviously a process. Everything is. Everything, everything is, is, man. We like to think it's not, but it just is. So accept it and go through the fucking process. Exactly. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thanks for doing this. This was a of lot course. of fun. And uh, it was a pleasure yeah. talking with you again. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll talk to you soon. Hopefully I'll see you in Chicago. All right. Sounds great. All right, later, man. All right, peace.